I just want to share a few housekeeping items for tonight's Zoom meeting. This meeting is being recorded and broadcast on the city's YouTube channel and channel 25. Please remember to mute yourself during the meeting when you are not speaking. The chat function for this public meeting is disabled. All chats will go directly to me. All board members, please keep your video on. All others can keep your video off unless you are participating during the meeting. If you have any trouble, you can send me a chat. The city reserves the right to mute people or turn individual videos off to minimize distractions during the meeting. Please remember to state your name each time you speak for the benefit of those participating remotely. And just a reminder for tonight, there is another meeting here in the city commission room tonight after this meeting. So we do need to wrap up by 7.15 p.m. at the latest. And now I'll turn it over to Kira. Okay, hey everybody. Um, let me bring up my screen so I can do a roll call. Uh, all right, Maddie. Present. Ben. Here. Kay. Present. Steven. Here. Nancy. Present. Am I missing anyone? No, you've got six. Okay, um, so we need to approve the meeting minutes of March 9th. Can I'll anybody- make a motion to approve the minutes of March 9th. Okay, that has passed. We'll we call for a vote. Oh, sorry, we need to call for a vote. Okay, Nancy, can you vote please? Yes. Stephen? Yes. Ben? Yes. Kay? Yes. Maddie? Yes. Okay. All right, and we need to now approve the meeting minutes of April. Can somebody put forward a motion? Make a motion to approve the minutes of April. Second. Okay, let's vote on that. Nancy? Yes. Stephen? Yes. Ben? Yes. Hey? Yes. Maddie? Yes. And I say yes as well. Uh, and now we need to approve or put forward a motion to approve the meetings, meeting minutes of May. Can somebody put forward a motion? We will approve all the meetings uh, minutes from uh, May. Second. Kay Johnson, okay. second. Okay, let's have a vote. Nancy? Yes. Stephen? Yes. Ben? Yes. Kay? Yes. Maddie? Yes. All right, the proposal has passed. The motion has passed. Um, the next agenda item is two board member vacancies. 
This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. That's just a heads up to the board that there are two vacancies. Um, I did uh, mention in an email, uh, Sarah um, has stepped um, down from the board. She recently graduated and is looking uh, for jobs at this time. So there are two vacancies now. Okay, the next agenda item is the SAB member seat on Land Development Code Update Steering Committee. This is Kay Johnson, and I'm interested in uh, fulfilling that role. Okay, can someone put forward a motion for that? I'll make a motion that Kate Johnson be the member on the Land Development Code Update Steering Committee. This is Ben Sachs, I'll second. Okay, let's have a vote, Nancy. Yes. Stephen. Yes. Ben. Yes. Kate. Yes. Maddie. Yes. Okay, the motion has passed. Um, now we're going to discuss the SAB member seat on Douglas County Food Policy Council. By the way, thank you. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't say that. Would somebody like to volunteer to be on the Douglas County Food Policy Council? I was hoping somebody would volunteer because that's a pretty important role for our a uh, group and they're pretty active. Do you know, can you talk a little bit about what those responsibilities would be? I think Kathy would be better um, equipped to talk about that. This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. Yes, the um, Douglas County Food Policy Council um, is actually a council that advises both the Douglas uh, County Commission as well as the City of Lawrence Commission. And uh, a lot of their work is based on the food systems plan, which they um, worked on and the City of Lawrence and Douglas County adopted a few years ago. Uh, Kay is correct. It is a very active group um, and lots of subcommittees. And um, one of the things when this group was formed is they did appoint one seat uh, to be a sustainability advisory board member on the Food Policy Council. Does this sound like something anybody wants to do? This is Ben Sykes. Um, I, I just, I don't think that I have the time right now, even though I, it is interesting. I also would note that, you know, we don't have two of our members here and we're down two members as well that from appointments that we need to make as well. So it gets difficult to have a lot of cross appointments from a smaller and smaller pool. Looks like an answer. Um, I'd like to maybe table this until we have the additional two members who are um, on our board, but or on our advisory board, but not present. Maybe they'd like to participate, or if we get the new person, uh, new people on the board, perhaps we could just table this for another month. Um, yeah, I second that, or propose if it needs to be proposed. Oh, shoot, sorry, uh, as a motion. 
This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. There doesn't need to be a motion or a vote on this tonight. Um, this is an item that can be postponed um, to the next meeting or the following meeting after that. Anyone who is interested in the Food Policy Council, um, if you go to the Douglas County website, um, their meetings are listed with their agendas. So if anybody wanted to just jump in on the next meeting, the public's uh, invited to, to participate. It's a Zoom meeting. And uh, maybe that will inspire one of you. This is Kate Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. Uh, perhaps, uh, Kathy, you could include in the minutes or uh, for, for this meeting uh, the roles and responsibilities of that Food Policy Committee so that uh, we'd at least have it in the notes. Okay, uh, the next item is, oh, it's my Aaron Brockovich thing. All right, let me bring up my notes. So um, first of all, I, I wanna say um, a little something about my public speaking. I know last month it was kind of agonizing for everybody. Um, one of the reasons I apologize a lot when I speak is because I have always had a hard time like with public speaking, like, like, you know, the kid from South Park that has like the coat on all the time. I actually was like that in elementary school. My mom had to like hide my coat. So um, I I don't mean to like make it such a nightmare to listen to me. And, and I, I'm, I'll try not to apologize, but um, also I don't seem to be getting any better. I've like actually been doing Toastmasters and like watching YouTube videos. And I just think that public speaking is not gonna be my thing, but you guys are all good public speakers. So that's good. Um, so I won't apologize, but I'll ask your, your patience because I can write okay and I can think okay, but my public speaking is a nightmare. All right, so um, I want us to declare June 22nd as Aaron Brockovich Day in Lawrence. Aaron Brockovich still has a very recognizable popular public image across most demographic spectrums. She's a good example of activists and environmental diversity. We have a lot of people in Lawrence who want to be more involved in board activities and local environmentalism, but they don't think of themselves as environmental activists because local and popular culture portrays environmental activists in really narrow, outdated terms. Jasmine's wonderful climate action plan presentation reminded us the most important thing we can do about the climate crisis is to talk about it. Dr. Hayhoe, one of the most respected climate scientists in the world, says our situation is so dire that everyone who understands the crisis has a moral obligation to be a climate activist in every possible arena and capacity. The best intentions and policies won't happen without public momentum and support for activists. Lawrence needs to start celebrating, amplifying, and platforming historical activists, not just because it's an important part of Lawrence's heritage and foundation, but also because we need as many people involved in supporting and amplifying Lawrence and Douglas County's climate action planning. We've made a good start. Lawrence is building a very respectable rep reputation for effective action-based climate activism. At a recent methane gas lobby meeting, 
three towns were highlighted as seriously worrisome problems for the huge and hugely powerful methane, not natural gas, which is a PR term fostered by the methane gas industry. Uh, the three towns were Austin, Detroit, and Lawrence. And uh, in the most recent lobbyist meeting they had, they specifically talked about Lawrence as one of their biggest problems. So that's freaking awesome. Good job, guys. Declaring June 22nd as, as Aaron Brockovich Day will help everyone in Lawrence, including less traditionally represented people, understand themselves as environmental activists and encourage them to spread the word and support our municipal and county climate emergency planning. So does anybody want to have a discussion before the vote? This is Kathy Richard, sustainability director. I did um, uh, confirm with Stan Rasmussen that I would share his thoughts with the board and the public tonight on some of the agenda items. So I will read from the email that he sent me on this item. Um, these are Stan's words. While I am not opposed to honoring Ms. Brockovich, I think the proposed proclamation should be improved. It barely mentions her and doesn't explain her connection to Lawrence. She was born here on June 22nd, and it fails to provide justification for honoring her other than that she is a unifier. She is famous for a lot of the environmental work she did in California. Why isn't that mentioned? Those were his um, thoughts on this matter. I'd like to uh, just briefly mention that Stan was appointed to the board as a special favor to the ex-mayor who uh, is actively against a lot of climate action. Um, and I can't speak for Stan and his uh, motivations and intentions, but I think it would be good if we all remembered that um, facts are facts and we are in a dire situation. And like I said before, the most respected climate scientist in the world, I'll say that we need to be activists, every single one of them. Um, and uh, Lawrence celebrates a lot of things we celebrate sports, we celebrate food, we celebrate music and arts. We even passed a, a declaration celebrating Lawrence as like the fictional home place of supernatural. So Lawrence has passed a lot of, of stuff other than this, but we were founded by activists. Our, our original founders were abolitionists and activists and I've lived in a lot of different places and Lawrence is really unusual. Um, people really are more involved in the community here than in a lot of other places. There's just a feeling of activism. And I think, you know, a lot of uh, bad actors like from the methane gas lobby and so on, they recognize that, that we are an activist threat, that we're an environmentally progressive threat. And it would be nice to celebrate that. Um, does anybody else have any comments?
not be presented during one of our boards. I think that was incredibly unprofessional. And uh, I would like to uh, ask that that not be done again. Uh, yeah, I, I agree, but I think we all also are aware of the fact that there's been a lot of vitriol aimed towards me by different board members. Again, so these are things that are better left outside of a formal board meeting. I think that should uh, curtail that part of the discussion now. Thanks for your comments, Stephen. Um, I agree that we shouldn't uh, bring personal feelings or personal comments onto the board like has happened in the past. I agree that we should keep it professional, and I would urge all of you to do so as well. Um, Maddie, it looks like you've got a comment. Yeah, um, I am down to, uh, you know, celebrate Aaron Brockovich with, on, uh, on June 22nd. Um, I had, I, you know, maybe this is a failure as an environmental activist, I had to look her up. Um, and so I think the addition suggested of like her connection to Lawrence, why, uh, like why she's important in terms of activism and stuff like that would be good. Um, just in case there are other folks, you know, maybe it's like an age thing and I'm just too young. Uh, but um, yeah, I think like I am also in favor of it. And I also think that those would be some good additions to the like official statement just to make it really clear to anyone who's reading it or listening to it that like, okay, so this is who she is and this is why we're celebrating her and uh, the really cool stuff she's done. That's a good point. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I I will say I I would love it if you guys know of any historical activists, particularly, you know, deliberately disenfranchised people, um, people of color, other people. If you know of them as activists, I would love it if you would share that information with me because I am trying to build a reputation for Lawrence as, as a town of activists. And, um, you know, she, she is a, she is a, more traditionally represented demographic, but she is very recognizable across a lot of demographic spectrums. And um, I think she would be good branding and good messaging for Lawrence to celebrate. I, I would really like Lawrence to get a national reputation of a town of activists. Does anybody have any other comments? Okay. Um, hi, I'm really a big fan of the movie and the um, the persona of uh, Aaron Brockovich. And you know, my comment about the proclamation, though, is uh, one similar to Stan's, in that um, I think that it definitely needs, if it's going to be Aaron Brockovich, then we need to celebrate the woman um, and her accomplishments. And I am concerned that um, the questions that are posed in the proclamation and some of the comments that you just made may indicate that you believe the commissioners are uh, not supportive of uh, our efforts. And I'm really concerned about that because I know, I mean, we just passed a strategic plan um, all of the departments have environmental sustainability goals. And, and so I guess 
I, I would prefer to see it more focused on Aaron Brockovich, if that's going to be the proclamation, than, um, than all of the questions that are listed in there. Generally, a proclamation um, from the city or involved in the city has some statements and uh, very few questions. So I, I guess I, I'm not really concerned. Uh, I'm not really sure about the the manner in which that proclamation's been written. And just for point of clarification, the city has the ability and the commissioners have the ability to approve a proclamation without actually going through our group. So, you know, I I, but I understand, Kira, why you would want to. So um, it's not that. I'm just saying that there is another mechanism if this isn't the exact forum that that you want. Um, are, are you suggesting I bypass the board and just speak to the city council as a private citizen? That is an opportunity you have. I'm just saying that I don't think in the format this proclamation is written that I can support it, even though I am a huge fan of uh, the activism that you're talking about. I would uh, love your help with helping me write it out. Would you be willing to do that? Uh, no, because I have just taken on an added role of the land development um, code and but I I'd be glad to review it after somebody, you know, after there's some revisions, but I really don't think that it's quite there. Um, I will say, I mean, obviously, you know, I have a lot of weaknesses. I'm not great at public speaking. I'm not good at a lot of the, the details that like maybe Ben is good at, things like that. But, um, I'm, I'm a decent activist, and um, what's more, I work a lot of really crappy jobs with a lot of really disenfranchised people, and I know that environmentalist groups are always talking about um, outreach and messaging and inclusion and justice, but I have to tell you the reality is with the people that I do work with, um, activists and specifically environmentalists have a really bad reputation. There's a lot of um, really entrenched anger about um, years of being shamed and years of being told to just, you know, use metal straws or to buy a Prius or, or to, you know, there's, or to eat like a certain kind of diet. There really is like a lot of bad feeling about this kind of thing, but Erin Brockovich across just about everybody, she's very recognizable. She's very liked and respected and she's a good um, medium, I think, to draw attention to Lawrence's um, origins, origins as, as an activist town founded by activists and um, and a place where, you know, there's still really, really solid, good activism going on. Um, so I, I 
I know you guys don't like it when I'm when I'm too blunt, but you know, as an activist, you you have to be really blunt. And the life I've led and the jobs I work with, the people I work, you have to be really direct and really blunt. And again, there's a lot of bad feelings by people who are wondering why for decades activists haven't been pushing for free buses, for reinforced bike lanes, for livable wages. Um, and Erin Brockovich is a unifier. She she is somebody that most people who are not, you know, younger people, but past a certain age, she's very recognizable and she's very positive. And like I said, there's a lot of bad actors who recognize that we are becoming a powerful activist spot in America. And uh, I think we need to take advantage of that. Um, Don, do you have a question? You've got Nancy and Steve that both want to speak. Where's Steve? Nancy. Oh, there's Nancy. Nancy. For a long time. I'd like to speak. Um, yeah. I don't care. I don't think that people are disagreeing with you about having this proclamation. I think it's the wording and the contents of the proclamation that people are talking about here. And so you're discussing here what that it's important to have this. And I don't think that you're having opposition to having the proclamation, but I think people would prefer that it be rewritten. Um, and, and for most importantly, to mention that she is um, she was born here. And um, I think those sorts of things are very important to connect her to us as a community and to talk about what she's done. I, I, I don't have any problems with having a proclamation. I, have a, I don't think the proclamation as it's written, uh, I could support. Okay. So you specifically want me to list that she was born in Lawrence and what what else did you say? And as as uh, Kay said, I think we need to have it rewritten to have statements about what she did and and, and the uh, things she accomplished. Okay, so born in Lawrence and her accomplishments. Anything else? I'll describe it so that it's not a lot of questions. Okay. You've got Steve. Okay, Stephen. Yeah, Steve Kramer, uh, SAB Advisory Board. Um, I went to school with, uh, with Ms. Brongovich, with Ms. Petsy at the time. Uh, wonderful person. We were classmates in high school. Uh, there was no hint at what kind of a champion she would become for uh, what happened. Most people don't know much beyond the movie. Uh, Kara, I would, I would ask um, a simple question. Is it your intention that this proclamation be about Aaron, or is the proclamation really about more of a general activist celebration? Because most of your discussion right now is about trying to celebrate the roles of activists. And I think it would be good if we kind of decided whether or not we were really trying to celebrate Aaron, or if we're trying to celebrate more generally activists, and then focus on one of the two and rewriting the, the uh, proclamation to be uh, more specific here in chat. Um, I like Aaron. I like what you did. 
Um, I don't mind going with that, but that's not what I'm hearing you talk about. Um, I could only hear um, some of what you said, but uh, the I want the declaration to be on her birthday, June 22nd, about Aaron Brockovich. Um, and that's just like a first <coughs> initial movement or not movement. Like I said, I'm trying to build a reputation of Lawrence as an activist town. So this is like just a first step in outreach and movement building. Um, can you hear me okay now? Now, now I, I can not, hear you. Now I can okay, hear you better. Again, my, my question is I'm hearing you discuss the role of activists in Lawrence, not nearly so much about Aaron. In fact, I don't think we've discussed any of Aaron's actual accomplishments yet. Is your intention here to try and have more of an activist day, a celebration of Lawrence activists, of which Aaron is one, or are we trying to identify Aaron Bronkovich's achievements and celebrate those? Because if, if that's true, then we should be talking about her achievements. If you would rather be talking about an activist day, then that's more the discussion I think I'm hearing here. So, and which, which was your true intent? Are you really trying to do Aaron Bronkovich day or are you trying to do an activist day? And both of them have worthy causes. Um, well, it's one and the same. If you if you platform a famous person who's famous for activism, who a lot of people from a lot of different demographics like and respect, that helps support the messaging that activism is important. It's valued by Lawrence, and uh, it helps people think about themselves in in a more if they're if they're activists or thinking of being activists helps them think about it in a more positive term or a more positive way. So it would wouldn't you be, be able. Would you be able to paraphrase her two or three main accomplishments here? Yeah, I will. Hang on. Okay, she uh, is a consumer ad advocate, environmental activist who, despite her lack of education in the law, was instrumental in building a case against Pacific Gas and Electric Company involving groundwater contamination in a town in California. She was the subject of an Oscar-winning film. Since then, she's become a media personality she now works on personal injury claims for asbestos exposure. Uh, she also works a lot on wastewater and pollution. Did you want any more than that, Stephen? Was that included in your proclamation, you read? Um, the proclamation that I wrote up was more just for the board. I actually was hoping we could work on it together um for doing exactly this like editing it and i think that's exactly the comments that are coming from the board right now i think there needs to be some work on the wording and to be more specific to Aaron, as opposed to generally trying to shift attention towards activists in general uh, so that's all my comments for right now i don't think this is ready to go for a vote i i think the intent is good uh, i think we need more work 
Uh, okay, I do appreciate um, everybody's comments. Um, I, I have been doing climate activism on my own for about 20 years, just in my own little way with all of my kind of dirtbag jobs. And uh, it's lonely and it, it, it's not a lot of fun. So I really do value the board and I value your input and I value even your criticism. Um, and I really do appreciate that. I just want to make that clear with everybody that that I've been working alone for a long, long time. And I really like working with a group. Um, does anybody else have any comments before I call on Don? No? Okay, Don. Um, I was about 10 minutes late. Looks like you guys went through a lot of the agenda um, before I got in here. Um, but I just would like to request the board to move move to um, straight next to C2 or C3. Um, as a citizen that tries to tune in, I always love hearing the staff report. And I know that there's a lot of um, work that's going on um, behind the scenes with the subcommittees. Um, and so I'm anxious to hear those reports and I don't have, I don't know, the meeting might go really long if we don't get to them soon. I'm interested in ENF for sure. Um, uh, but I wondered if those could be, be moved to the latter part of the meeting. And then um, I was just going to suggest to Kara maybe to form a small subcommittee or do a, you know, some uh, a Zoom call or email with a couple of people in a sort of subcommittee fashion to save time and bring bring something that um, you said you like working with a group. So that might be a good answer to um, come up with something that might be more broadly uh, accepted and easily voted on. And you could even take it straight to the commission, city commission, like like Nan mentioned, um, maybe get it there before um, June 22nd, who knows. Anyway, that's all. I'm just really excited to hear some of the other stuff down the um, lower end of the agenda. Thank you. Thanks, Don. I appreciate your involvement as always. Um, if I, Kathy, if I rewrite it on my own, I would still have to present it to the board again before I would go in front of the city council, right? This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. That is that is correct. If the proclamation is coming from the Sustainability Advisory Board, then the board members would need to be able to review the proclamation and um, have an approval process for it to go forth. Okay. Um, well, do you tell me this, you guys, do you think I should rewrite it and that we should vote on it? Because uh, you know, June is June 22nd is coming up right away. Or do you think I should just go as a private citizen to in front of the board? Does anybody have any thoughts on that? And again, I, I know this doesn't seem I know this seems superficial. But as someone who my main climate work is activism and outreach and messaging, we can have the best policies in the world, but they're not going to be passed or necessarily uh, implemented and upheld without a lot of public momentum and involvement and popularity. So I know this seems superficial, but in fact, from an activist point of view, 
it actually is, it's not superficial. It does matter. The messaging matters. Identifying uh, Lawrence as an activist town, it, it really does help with activism. And that's the biggest problem we have with climate work right now is a lack of public consensus and momentum. Um, Maddie, do you have a question? Uh, do you have a comment? I'll let uh, Ben go first since he raised his hand first. Okay, Ben. Yeah, this is Ben Sykes, sad board member. Uh, you know, Kira, I would just say that I think there's support um, for it. The The timeline is the tricky thing in the question you ask, like should you go as a private citizen or should you work as a group and rewrite it? I mean, I, in all honesty, like I kind of felt the same thing with the weed and sustainability uh, landscaping is that, you know, the city staff and others said it would be really good to have it done before the spring and everything. And and doing things in committee and doing things like with a lot of feedback and rewriting and stuff takes a lot of time. And so um, given that June 22nd is like three weeks away, um, I don't, obviously it's up to you and stuff like that. I'm just, if you wanted it before June 22nd happens, it you know, that process of getting input, um, feedback back and forth um, takes time and I, I so I guess that would be my perspective, even though what I hear from and including myself, I think there's a lot of support for, um, you know, an, uh, a focused uh, SAB behind um, creating an Aaron Brockovich day. Um, yeah, just maybe people have opinions about the degree to which the um, what's written so far embodies those things. And like you actually have some some more stuff like Maddie was talking about for who Aaron Brockovich was and, and what Steve was saying as well. I did uh, plan to bring it up last month, but our meeting uh, got canceled. Um, so I, I didn't mean to push it as close to the wire, but thank you, Maddie. Yeah, Maddie Bell, um, a sustainability advisory board member. Uh, I, um, I think Don was suggesting a subcommittee for it. I don't know. Um, uh how long it takes to form those but i could probably like help work on this um not from a point of knowledge about aaron brockovich but just from like a writing perspective um and you know making sure that like you know maybe that could be useful because it's like as you know a person without the knowledge already baked in having a proclamation that like makes sense for people who don't necessarily know about her either um and so I would be willing to help work on this before June 22nd. I don't know about if like we would want a short special meeting to approve it or not, like we had with the Noxious Weeds Ordinance, like to try and get it done before June 22nd. I also don't know if Robert's rules would allow for like a like approval, approval of the writing without a meeting. Um, those are my thoughts. <laughs> This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. I did want to mention that um, in order for this proclamation to be read at the City Commission meeting on the 21st, that's Tuesday the 21st, it does need to be um, submitted um, to the city and worked within the agenda a week and a half before the meeting happens, which is right now. Um, the agenda will be posted for the 21st meeting on the 16th and usually it is uh, completed by the beginning of that week so it would be 
you know, the agenda would be completed um, early on the 13th or 14th for that meeting. So uh, one suggestion, and I know I, I had another advisory board member that was interested in an Earth Day type proclamation earlier this year was um, to work on the proclamation um, with more time to be able to present something in 2023. So that would be a suggestion because you, you are running um, with a very, very tight timeline at this time. Um, okay, so I think what we're gonna do is table that. Um, Steve also with his hand uh, That's exactly what I'm doing. I'm moving we table discussion on that. Um, there really isn't time enough to do it you know, before June 22nd without uh, calling special meetings. But for the sake of this meeting, let's table the discussion. I uh, would also like to move to table the discussion on the uh, climate change name uh, topic uh, so that we can move on towards the uh, subcommittee reports, if at all possible. All right, do we have a second? Second. This is Kate Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. <clears throat> Sorry. Um, before we go to a vote, I would like to hold, like, keep the not table necessarily, but we like we can move it later in the meeting. The discussion about the um, uh, multi the new multimodal facility. I just really want to make sure we talk about that tonight. Uh, that is not part of my table. I'm just tabling items uh, D and E for now. Okay. Great, thanks. Oh, and this is Maddie, Sustainability Advisory Board member. This is Ben Sykes. I just have a question about, uh, this is gonna sound stupid. What does tabling mean? Does it mean like we're gonna talk about it next time? Does it mean we're, we're done talking about it? Does it mean if we have time, we'll come back to it? I, I don't, I, that's probably in a book somewhere that I didn't read. Does anybody, Kathy, do you know what that means according to Roberts and his rules? This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. Uh, there can be a clarification on that tabling from Steve's part. So um, he can state he'd like to postpone um, till later in the meeting if there's still time, or if uh, the board would like to place these items in the July meeting agenda, go ahead and make that statement. Uh, at this point, tabling in, in my motion is simply to put on the table the discussion. Akira, as the chair, can uh, elect to put them back on the agenda for the next meeting. That's her prerogative for table items. They do not have to be brought off the table by the committee. They can be brought off the table by the chair. So, so you're just to, for my own clarification, you're suggesting uh, put the, like discuss them next time. Don't discuss them tonight. Yeah, I would like to to. I would like to eliminate them from the discussion tonight because we're going to run out of time. Okay. And it leaves the discretion to Kira to decide if she wants to bring them up next meeting or not. And since they are her topics, I think that's entirely appropriate. I'd like her to decide what she wants to do with them. Uh, I would suggest that we talk about changing the board name to the Climate Crisis Board next month. Um, and let's go ahead and table the Aaron Brockovich thing uh, so that I have time to rewrite it. And I'll just uh, I'll just aim for next year. Um, do we need to have a vote on that or can we just move on to the multimodal thing? You can move on. Okay, let's move on to the multimodal discussion. 
Maddie, do you want to go ahead? Sure. This is uh, Maddie Bell, Sustainability Advisory Board member. Um, so uh, I think a couple months ago now, um, the city commission uh, was voting on the development of the new bus hub at, I can't, I think it's Castled. Sorry, I'm just, everything is leaving my brain right now. Um, but basically it's not the one that would be downtown, but the other one. And the um, commission voted in favor of building the multimodal transportation facility or bus hub um, with, uh, using like fossil fuel based uh, equipment and stuff instead of um, electric. And uh, I was talking to Mayor Shipley and she mentioned that like as a, the sustainability advisory board, we could still um, have an influence on that. And it's not like a done deal. And I would be very in favor of the city um, building this bus hub with uh, electric, electric power in mind. Um, uh like from the get-go it yes it will probably cost a little bit more um up front but uh you know one we we just have we just have to go electric because climate change is real and the like the most recent ipcc report talked about how like new development needs to be electric and and like we have to start now and then also um i and sorry if I'm wrong about this part, but I I think there wasn't um, uh, information on how it could pay itself back over time. Um, like, and I'll, and third item is that the voting to um, build it with uh, like fossil fuel based uh, like tech and stuff, which sorry that's like a weird way of putting it, um, is with being able to transition to electric uh, and renewable energy in the future, but uh, I would assume that would just cost extra money in the future to do that kind of overhaul instead of just doing it now. Um, but it sounded like other folks were also interested in talking about this, so there we go. Okay. Yes, this is Kate Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I too am very concerned about this decision. I'm not at all in agreement with the decision that was made, particularly since I'm holding in my hand the renewable energy goals that says um, by 2025 for electricity in all municipal operations. It seems very wrong to put natural gas in a facility and then turn around and take it out in a year and a half unless they really are not interested in this goal. I mean, this goal was written for a reason. And I am very concerned that um, we have not encouraged our city commissioners enough to follow this, uh, this goal. I'm also concerned that city administration would even propose something like that. They have known about this they also have a special contract for electricity so that they get most electricity from renewables. So there are numerous ways that, that we could achieve our goals by doing it the right way the first time instead of uh, the wrong way. That's all I have to say right now, but I may have more questions and comments. 
That was really, really perfectly said. Um, I, I would recommend that we call it by its real name. It's not natural gas, it's methane gas. The natural gas term is PR propaganda directly from the methane gas companies. So um, again, this seems like not a big deal, but as an activist who does messaging and outreach and movement building, um, it, it does help to make sure that we call things what they are and not what the gas companies call them. So if for the sake of this discussion, we could call it methane gas, that would be awesome. Does anybody have any comments? Ben? Ben? Yeah, this is uh, Ben Sykes, SAB board member. I just want to also express frustration in that a year ago or a little bit ago, a little bit more than a year ago, we had a presentation from the Multimodal Transportation Committee to SAB where we strongly expressed our desire for them to make that project completely renewable, including things like potentially having solar panels that would recharge the electric buses that our city has been extraordinarily successful at obtaining. And so the idea that it is not getting done in a sustainable way um, is, is of concern to me and that we had an entire discussion and meeting and update about it and still the things that are going forward are not doing that. So. I don't know what the recourse is there and or what the most effective recourse is there if bringing the multimodal people here again to ask these what I think should be pointed questions about these elements to them or whether or not simply making statements that we vote on to um, express displeasure or our opinions about the topic towards city commission. But I am in favor of letting people know that we do not think that's what we have discussed and what's in the best interests of our city. Okay. I also am interested in uh, wanting to refer back to our um, renewable energy goals. Um, we need to put the question to the city commissioners as well as the city management is how are they gonna achieve that by 2025? Because this is where the rubber meets the road. Yeah, I, I agree. Maddie Bell. Sorry, yeah, Maddie. I, I do, yes. Maddie Bell, a sustainability advisory board member. Um, yeah, so I hadn't even realized that this was before I joined the board that y'all had had a conversation um, like that. So this is even more frustrating. Um, uh, when I talked to Mayor Shipley, she mentioned that that one option would be to write a letter to the city commission saying, um, like, you know, we, we want you to, you know, we disapprove of the direction this is going and you should make it electric and stuff. Um, uh, but, uh, also if we wanted to like speak to them in person or over zoom, you know, how like face to face as much as that, uh, could happen, um, that could be also be an option, but yeah also very in favor of like doing something yeah i am i am too does anyone else have a comment D does anybody maddie do, do you have any idea if there's action that's planned on uh, around that in, in terms of the timeline timelines are sometimes really important here so i don't know if city commission needs a letter that they need to discuss at their you know june meeting or do you have any clue or okay does anybody else know if there's action that's happening on the multimodal 
This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. Uh, ben, my understanding is that the final design of the building based on decisions that were made earlier this year has already been completed. So I'm just kind of, I, I followed up with the engineering group just to make sure where it was in the process. So the final designs have been completed. Okay. Um, this is Kate Johnson, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I don't believe that is the end of the discussion. And I really feel like that we should have a statement coming from the Sustainability Advisory Board member that, um, that number one, they're not following their own uh, written uh, sustainability on re um, renewable energy goals. And we would like that to be reconsidered. And there could be a cost associated with that. And there may not be a cost. It depends if they've ordered the equipment, uh, you know, or whatever, but um, they should have taken that into consideration. They've had all these documents. And, and, and just like you said, Ben, um, they've been notified, they've been talked to, and yet they still did something different. And uh, I think that is where our strength lies, is letting um, the city commissioners know that um, we we expect when these documents are passed and signed, uh, voted on and passed by the board commissioners, th that they're followed. Nancy. So I totally agree with Kay and what everything's been said. Uh, I think it's really important that one of us goes to the, the meeting of the, the city commission and presents this um, to them on the behalf of our uh, advisory board. And I think Kay would be an excellent person to go and talk with them and present um, the issues that we have talked about here today uh, in order that we get this changed before it moves forward any, uh, any further. Yeah, I agree. Kay is really well-spoken and uh, knowledgeable about this subject and has no, no. Uh, the right amount of, of uh, of uh, enthusiasm about it. Um, do we want to take a vote? <laughs> oh, sorry, Kay. Before you go further, I think it's important that we have a statement from our group. I don't mind reading the statement or expounding on the statement, but I think it's really important that we, um, and, you know, and I think, and I don't have a statement in my mind exactly but what they did was wrong. So I don't know how we put that out there. But, um, you know, I think that um, there needs to be a statement written on behalf of our board and approved by our board so that it's not it's not just my opinion. Um, it, it's the board's um, decision that to, to, you know, basically wage a protest um, about this particular decision. And and, you know, I'm not adverse to bringing the other things that Ben mentioned. I understand that there is also not zero scaping included in um, the plan. There were other sustainability issues that could have been easily addressed. Um, the, this type of capital improvement is not doesn't happen very often. And when you build a building, you need to consider sustainability to begin with. Uh, you know, and I don't know, maybe, I don't 
there really does need to be um, a board approval, though, I think. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say that we I think we should make a statement in this meeting. Sorry, Ben. I, I was just going to ask about procedure and this applies to, in fact, what we we're talking about with Aaron Brockovich as well is Kathy, do we have the ability if we're exchanging statements through email? And I know we have to be careful of the open records -y things that we're all like emailing one another or whatnot, but I'm just curious if we can approve statements from the whole board um, through email um, like votes or does it have to, I, I don't know. I don't know what I'm saying really. I'm just asking, do, do we have to wait for any action for every single one of these monthly meetings? unless we have a special session. This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. Um, so in the past, um, there have been items that are, you know, in, in draft form uh, with some editing that happens at uh, meetings and it's pretty, you know, no, no real discussion outside of this meeting occurred where the board has approved um, a language from one of the members that has emailed out. And again, you can't reply all um, if there's a, a typo or anything like that. Uh, for this item, it sounds like there's still some discussion um, to have, uh, potentially. It sounds like there's there's not a statement unless you work on it tonight. Um, one of the recommendations could be that the subcommittee for the climate action plan that's meeting next Wednesday um, work on that statement. Uh, and there could be a special meeting called by the chairperson of the SAB uh, so that there could be that statement brought back in some discussion. Um, I'm assuming the board might not want to wait um, too long to, until the next meeting. So those are just some suggestions. And I, I do see that Kay had raised her hand. So. Yeah, I like the idea of it going into our climate um, subcommittee meeting. And truthfully, if we wait two or three more weeks, they've already, you know, I mean, at the, at the end of the day, waiting to the next meeting may not be a, a problem. Just by the fact that we're discussing this, this will be put on um, the, the city commissioner's um, information board, I'm sure I will make sure that the one, that at least several people understand that. So I don't have a problem if we work on it in the subcommittee, come up with some language and then maybe propose it in the meeting or our regular meeting. And I'm sorry, my dog is barking. Um, but, um, you know, I'll, I'll do whatever anybody, you know, but I think it should be a collaboration um on the discussion of what it should say because mm -hmm. i i'd like to scold them but i know that the language shouldn't be that way <laughs> this is maddie bell sustainability advisory board member um i was wondering so i'm i'm interested in being involved in the process of writing the statement um is it possible for me as a board member to show up to that subcommittee meeting even if i'm not like part of the subcommittee okay i'm seeing some nods okay <laughs> As, as long as this is Kathy Richardson, um, this city's interim sustainability director, as long as you don't meet quorum at the subcommittee, because then it would need to be a public meeting. So we just need to make sure that all the sustainability advisory board members do not uh, participate and show up to that subcommittee. And of course, it's Nancy's committee, so Nancy would have to approve it. Nancy has her hand up. 
It would be a great thing to talk about at the next meeting. Um, it'd be great, Maddie, for you to join us. But I, the only difference that I, I don't agree with Kay that we should just wait till the next meeting. I think we should call a special meeting um, very more quickly, maybe a week after next, um, to approve the statement that we write. And we don't have to have a long meeting, but I just think we ought to have one. And that's fine with me too. Maddie Bell, Sustainability Advisory Board member. I'm also in favor of a special meeting um, just for this thing, just to get it out as quickly as possible. Because um, as Kathy mentioned, it, the final plan has already been approved. So the faster we can do it before like they order equipment or break ground, the better, I would say. And probably the more likely we are to uh, change what's happening and convince them otherwise. Right. Does anybody else have any other comments before I call on Michael and Don? Uh, Steve Kramer. Uh, oh, sorry. Uh, just a, a point of the uh, clarification of a point of order. Uh, I'm in total agreement that we need to move very quickly to come up with a statement. And that statement should be put together. But coming from this board, we would need to make sure that it was in an, a, uh, an agenda published one week prior to the special meeting. So we want to be, maybe be thinking about that special meeting date and get some uh, dates in here now, some timelines. Nancy, what day are you meeting with your subcommittee? We're meeting next Wednesday. Okay, and from between now and then, uh, everybody has access, I think, to the, uh, the link about the background of that meeting where the vote three to two had been had taken place. So if everybody got educated, I think you could draft the statement fairly quickly and we could actually post an agenda item but that statement needs to be posted with the agenda seven days later we could have the special meeting I, I think time is of the essence here as ben has already said uh, we might want to have a definitive plan in place does anybody That's have all. any comment about that nancy no Okay, yeah. I'm gonna call, oh, oh. sorry, Maddie. Uh, no, Maddie Bell, Sustainability Advisor Board member. Um, yeah, I mean, if the 15th is when the subcommittee meets, we could like, we could even have a special meeting the week after, right? If we got the agenda out, I don't know what else is on the docket for that subcommittee meeting, but potentially the statement could be written at that meeting and then approved a week later. Um, Maddie, that's exactly what I'm suggesting. Is yeah. Statement, publish it the next day so that it has um, accessibility by the public. Schedule the special meeting seven days following. Okay, cool. And just for um, everyone's ease, uh, the the timestamp of when the presentation in that city commission about the bus sub stuff starts at uh, the four hour mark. Just so you know, um, so you don't have to watch four hours of unrelated stuff to find it. Oh God, thank you, Maddie. Um, okay, can I, I'm gonna call on Michael now. Hi, good evening, Michael Allman. I'm with Sustainability Action Network. Um, excellent discussion. Thank you for digging into this because it's extremely important. And I totally agree with Kay and Kira about being blunt. <laughs> uh, like Kay said, this is wrong and you should just tell them, you know, you have a goal, you adopted a goal, you are not 
following the goal. Just say it um, and then give all the reasons. Um, the, the city commission, if, if you're looking at the 15th for the climate committee and then a special meeting after that, then most likely it will be the city commission meeting on the 5th of July as the earliest opportunity. I don't know if they're gonna be willing to put it on their agenda. So what you should do in the meanwhile, uh, I would suggest keeping in touch with Mayor Shipley, of course, and telling her what you would hope to do as well as the city manager, because between the two of them, they set the agenda. Um, and as far as the particulars go, what their options were, and they talked about the two options. And I, I, I was at that meeting on March 22nd and Sustainability Action Network voiced opposition, exactly what you're talking about. And they didn't go that way. They're talking about putting boilers in the building to heat the building with methane gas. Thank you, Kira, I like that. Methane gas, yes. Um, call a spade a spade. And then they said, but you know, that's okay because then in the future, we'll be able to convert the building to all electric and run those boilers on electricity. Well, Kay, that's an excellent point. What, in two years, you're gonna switch over? What's the cost of that gonna be? So bring that up. What's the cost of that gonna be? Um, and uh, the other issue with running those boilers on electricity, heat uh, electric resistance heating is the most energy intensive way to use electricity. The option are heat pumps. You know, it's not, um, I mean, that's the, the alternative of what they're looking at. And we know heat pumps are extremely, extremely efficient. Um, that's what, um, you know, cities around the country are doing when they ban methane gas, they specify in their building codes, heat pumps. So that's what their option is. And that's what they were considering and rejected. So what's the cost of that? Well, they need, to, they need to specify what that cost is, but the infrastructure bill that did get passed for the, the Senate at the, you know, at the federal level has lots, I mean, millions of dollars of transit money and it's specified for, you know, there's buses, but there's also specified for transit facilities. So the money is there if they apply for it. Um, so get your ducks in a row, keep all those particulars in mind when you actually make your presentation so that they know that you've done your research and that what you're saying is a viable option. And I think you're capable, I mean, you all understand this pretty well, so I, I applaud you. Um, but yeah, get in touch with the mayor about it and go for it, thank you. Thanks, Michael. Um, and I hope you'll be at the meeting next Wednesday. We could really use your, your input and your clarity. Dawn? Oh, the things I was going to say are moot now. Um, I'm glad this board is taking this seriously. And thank you, Maddie, for bringing this up. Um, 
I hope that the statement that you create will go not just to city commissioners, but also to the city manager and city legal. It does seem that legal lines have been crossed in that city staff is not following city mandates. Um, and this lastly, perhaps the statement could be more of an inquiry um, format, like asking questions that must be responded to and even maybe request response by a certain date. Just a, just a thought as you develop that. Thanks. Sorry, Don Hawkins. <laughs> Thanks, Don. You always have really good insights and comments. I appreciate that. Um, does any of the board want to respond to any of that? No? Okay, so we'll just go ahead and discuss this on next Wednesday's climate subcommittee. Yes? Yeah? Okay, do we need to have a, do we need to propose a, a motion or anything to move on? No. What? No. No. Okay, sorry. Okay, so our next, uh, our next agenda item is uh, Ben, the Noxious Weeds Ordinance. Yeah, this has been Sykes Sab board member. Uh, I think this is going to be relatively quick. I appreciate everybody showing up for our special session and uh, the support that now we have this um, proposed revision out there from the Sustainability Advisory Board. We will wait with bated breath for the City Commission to take it up. Uh, in the meantime, we have uh, continued. The subcommittee continues to discuss some things on um, emails that include, for example, um, lists um, that we might be able to use with, uh, we might be able to give to the plant um, assessment board, um, how um, how some of those things can move forward. Uh, we still would love input, even though we have passed it at the SAB level from city legal on some of the components that we put in there. So Kathy, I don't know if there's a, um, a hot iron or prod or anything else that works. I know they're extremely busy and they have a lot of other things on their plate. Um, even if they could just write back and say, here's where we're at, we have looked at it, or we haven't even been able to look at it yet, that would be really helpful, just some sort of a, an update. This is um, Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. I can um, let you know that they have not had a chance to look at it. So that is the update. Is, is there, did they have a, uh, I don't know, post-it notes of the order of things that they have to look at, prioritize. I'm just curious, like, will, will they be able to look at it before city commission looks at it would be an interesting question for us to know. That, um, and I think we talked about this at the last meeting as well, that it would move forward to the city commission without the um, input on all those questions you had for legal. Okay. So at this time, uh, legal has um, made a, a statement and communicated to all the departments that they are really backed up and very short staffed at this time. And that will continue through October of this year. So the time frame has been given where uh, they are working on the highest priority items um, for each, all the departments and um, the commission. Okay, thank you. That's really helpful to know. Even that is uh, really helpful to know. Appreciate that. Hey, Kramer Advisory Board. Uh, Ben, if I understand correctly what was just said by Kathy and also what we talked about before, uh, we're trying to initiate a dialogue and get a first response from the city commission. And I believe that should be able to happen prior to the legal 
uh, reviews because there's a number of things I'm sure they're going to come back with and pass this with uh, further detail. Uh, so maybe there is some way to put some pressure and to get this on the agenda for the commission review, or at least whatever way they have in order to give us some feedback and some notes back about how the dialogue continue while we wait for October to roll around. Yeah, I appreciate that, Stephen. You know, the subcommittee worked hard. There was a lot of people that have talked, Don and, and Michael and others that are here. Um, about how to streamline it and get it as close as we could before we brought it to them. So they're, you know, slowing that uh, or trying to minimize as much back and forth, you know, coming back to the table. But I, I absolutely agree with you. And I'll be honest with you, since I'm relatively new in this process, I don't have any idea how after we pass it out of SAB, um, how it gets chosen to be or not be on the city commission. I don't, I don't have an idea of process here. So um, for those of you all that have more um, experience, I'd love education. This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. Um, ever since you approved, the Sustainability Advisory Board approved uh, this uh, recommendations on the ordinance changes. Um, this is the document that was shared with the city manager's office, and I did uh, bring it up to the city manager. So we're in the process of getting it on the agenda. He did recommend that the planning staff uh, take a look at it. And I know that you have been in a lot of conversations with Brian Jimenez. So um, he He's kind of taken a look at this final um, document that you've provided. So I just wanted you to, to know that. And as soon as we have a date, um, I will notify the board of that date for the city commission meeting. Excellent. Thanks. I think that's really all I had on updating for that. Thanks. Does anybody have any? Oh, Stephen does. Go ahead, Stephen. Sorry, I just didn't lower my hand yet. Okay, does anybody have any comments before we move on to the next agenda item? Just one no? quick comment. I'm really looking forward to hearing some feedback from the commission on this. Okay, our next agenda item is Nancy's. It's the plastic bag single use ordinance. Go ahead, Nancy. Hi, uh, it's Mumana, CP member. Uh, reporting on the Climate Action Plan subcommittee, we met May 18th. Um, Kim Kreiner Ritchie and Jamie Hofflin from the Douglas County group joined us and we outlined um, some of the process. We also outlined some things that we want on the um, climate action plan for Douglas County and Lawrence. And um, then we moved on to talk about the plastic or the single use bag ordinance. And we decided that we would like to bring it to the full committee for discussion so that um, we could conceivably move it forward to the city commission after we move it from this group. So the uh, ordinance as it's written um, was distributed and we we thought that there, there it was very sound, um, possibly have some uh, amendments to it or some tweaking of it, but that overall um, it, it looked like a, a good document. So I'd like to just open it up for discussion to see what people would like to do with tweaking it um, before we take a vote on it to possibly move it back into the city commission for consideration. 
This is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. I wanted to go ahead and read off Stan Rasmussen's um, feedback on this item before I forget and the discussion um, gets started. So again, this is Stan Rasmussen. He said, I do not support the proposed single use bag ordinance and recommend that we instead support a community goal of eliminating single use bags. Those are his thoughts. This is uh, Maddie Bell, uh, Sustainability Advisory Board member. Um, uh, I, I, I guess I'm thinking more about the um, responses that we were sent from the various uh, grocery stores in Lawrence, including Checkers, Hy-Vee, and the Merck. Um, and uh, one of the things that was mentioned in there was, uh, I, I guess, incentivizing or supporting stores in how they would um, eliminate uh, single-use plastic bags. I know the Merck, uh, as they mentioned in their writing and just from personal experience being in there a few times, like they provide uh, cardboard boxes left over from uh, materials that they have, uh, like the stocking shelves and stuff for customers to use. I don't know if that's something we could support. Um, I did like the uh, stipulation that the 15 cent uh, fee would not apply to folks with um, in like uh, affordable food programs, but I also am pretty aware that like in Lawrence, we have a number of, or sorry, in Kansas, we have a number of donut holes, um, including health insurance where someone it makes too much money to afford uh, or to qualify for low income health insurance, but not enough to afford like like actually meaningful health insurance. Um, that's another thing with like energy efficiency upgrades. Plenty of folks don't make enough money to pay the upfront costs, but make too much to um, uh, qualify for low income. And so I'm just wondering how, you know, a 15 cent charge would impact people who don't necessarily qualify for SNAP or something, benefits or something like that. But uh, you know, it, it would financially impact them, especially during a time of inflation and really high gas prices and uh, stuff like that. This is Kathy Richardson, the Interim Sustainability Director. I really apologize. Um, Stan had additional comments, um, which he wanted to share with the board and with the public. So if you bear with me, I, I wanna make sure his comments are, are shared. Um, so uh, Stan says, I have concerns about the ordinance. I question whether it will have a meaningful impact on waste reduction or on changing people's habits. I am concerned that ordinance will act as a regressive tax. Low income citizens pay a disproportionate share of the cost burden, while middle and high income citizens shoulder a relatively small cost burden. The estimated cost to consumer is substantial. Estimated impact for just plastic bags is 4.35 million to 5.4 million. It will be even higher when paper bags are factored into the equation. The ordinance will enrich establishment vendors at the cost of the consumer. 
In fact, it may even act as an incentive for them to use more single-use bags because they keep the revenue for the program. Companies like Walmart, McDonald's, Dillon's, Target, etc. may see it as just another way to make a profit. I think it will be an overburdensome program on vendors at the farmer's market for small businesses, restaurants with carryout, liquor stores, jewelry stores, and other activities. For example, the signage and receipt requirements uh, will be difficult for vendors at the farmer's market. Additionally, the ordinance will put the business in the awkward position of having to dispute whether to charge or not to charge for reusable bags. My experience in other cities is that you just end up with denser plastic bags over four mils. Um, by the way, there appears to be a significant typo in the definition of reusable bag. I question the effectiveness of the ordinance if there is no enforcement mechanism. Who in the city will monitor? Which establishments will be monitored? How will it be enforced? If waste minimization is the primary goal, we could achieve substantially greater impacts by implementing a commercial recycling program, countywide recycling options, etc. There is a typo in section 9-1102 reusable bag. The last sentence should read as if made of plastic, a reusable bag must be at least 4.0 mils in thickness instead of 4.0 millimeters in thickness. Why are we not considering comments from local businesses? When representatives of the Merck spoke to the SAB a few months ago, they requested that SAB recommend a single-use plastic, sorry, single-use bag elimination goal to the city commission. They expressed concern about supply chain that nearly forced them to return to single-use plastic bags. They also expressed concern about putting their employees into an enforcement role and compared it to the challenges their employees face when enforcing county mask mandates in the store. The Merck made a specific recommendation that I would encourage us to honor. Based on my concerns and questions about effectiveness, impact, and structure, I am not supportive of the ordinance. I think we can do better, and I think this board should be striving to achieve more impactful goals that are beneficial to everyone in the community. I challenge us to do that. Recommendation, based on comments above, I recommend that we support a community goal to eliminate single-use plastic bags rather than an outright ban. Those were his comments. Um, I, I have a couple of thoughts about this, um, and they might surprise some of you. Um, I'm actually against doing a plastic bag ban or the 15 cent thing. Um, they did this in California, and all the businesses just made thicker plastic bags and then um, charged people for it. Um, I'm also against the idea of the city doing any more plastics recycling. That's something I wanted to talk about in a future meeting um, for us to propose that the city gets rid of their plastic recycling, um, because that's just greenwashing. Most plastic doesn't get recycled. 
the bags they don't they don't get recycled um the companies say that they do but they just take them off site and burn them um recycling plastic is actually you know more propaganda and greenwashing from petrochemical companies and um it it's this isn't something that we have a choice about we literally have to get to net zero this is like life and death type stuff um and i i do agree with stan that that this will be wasted uh political capital you know right now i feel like a lot of people feel very positively about the board and about environmentalist actions i feel like something like this right now um when people really have hit a wall emotionally um but especially like i keep talking about um essential workers who are working for peanuts who are dealing with a really mentally unwell general public it's it's putting them in danger when we brought this up um a few years ago on the board um to the city they were ready to sign it right then and they they were very supportive of it but there were a few members of the board who wanted to go back and kind of fine tune it and recalibrate it and i feel like we really lost that moment that if we were going to do this we should have done it then um i i really feel strongly that the board and environmentalism as a whole should be about the business of supporting people and offering incentives rather than penalizing or or causing more stress um and again this it this seems like a no brainer to get rid of plastic bags they're horrible they pollute everything they're petrochemical products that can't be recycled but public support and 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 uh political capital that's a, that's a real thing we really need to be aware of the fact that um we're all in a bad way mental health wise but especially the minimum wage essential workers are just in a really rough bad way and this would be really hard on them and i agree with stan that we need to think you know what does this accomplish we're not getting rid of plastic flatware we're not trying to ban styrofoam we're not banning you know plastic boxes or or anything else that that anybody uses especially restaurants i think we really should have a discussion about for this specific really weird hard moment in time what does this accomplish and um again we're always talking about equity and justice um we really need to center and remember that this really will be a hardship on on the essential workers and the frontline workers the companies they'll pivot they always complain about any change that is going to cause them to lose money or to have more difficulty it's the the workers who take the brunt of the abuse and the stress so um i would really like to hear other people's thoughts about this nancy so i couldn't disagree with you more i i think this is a really important ordinance that is a important first step towards reducing single use plastics in in our community um they uh reusable bags are available through many different um 
outlets such as Just Foods and um, other opportunities for people to get reusable bags. We're not suggesting that we charge them 15 cents. We're suggesting that the 15 cents is going to motivate them to remember to bring their reusable bags. So the idea is that we incentivize people to bring the bags, not that we're charging them. I agree that we do need some teeth here. We do need some way to enforce this ordinance. And I think that would be a very important addition to this ordinance, that there's a way for the public to suggest that there's certain problems going on here and not leave it all to the uh, people who are working in these facilities, um, in these stores. So I think this is a really important first step. You talk about having people conscious about um, environmental problems and climate change. And I think, you know, just having one day of people claiming activism is nice, but in your face every day that you've got to remember those reusable bags is a better way to let everybody know that we all have to do our part in making climate change, um, re reduce and reducing climate change. And so I think this is a really important key first step. And again, it's just a first step here. I, I think there's lots of other plastics and other approaches that we have to take, but this is a way to start. Is there any way we can think about this in terms of us doing something that would support the poorest and the most disenfranchised among us um, that wouldn't come? Uh, Margaret, I'll, I'll call on you after the board is done discussing, discussing stuff. Um, is, I really like the carrot rather than the stick approach. Um, and uh, again, I'll, I'll, you know, some of you guys get uncomfortable when I bring up my jobs, but I, I have been the person bagging the groceries. I've been the person ringing up the groceries. I've been the person, you know, like all of my jobs are frontline minimum wage jobs. And again, there's a lot of bad feelings about environmentalism because for decades they've just been told not to do stuff or to buy stuff. And I'm worried that the first big public action that we do uh, as a board, I'm, I would really like us to just read the room and be aware of, um, of the burdens and, this, and the uh, emotional, what's the word? The emotional, I guess the emotional burdens of um, of frontline workers and and really broke disenfranchised people, is there a way that we could think about how to support people with like our first big action, kind of out of the gate as a board, as opposed to something that again uh, is not necessarily hugely meaningful when we're not banning like plastic garbage bag liners that people buy at the store. We're not like, like, I, uh, I guess I would just really like to hear from other board members. This has been Sykes, sad board member. I, I mean, Nancy has uh follow-up as well. I, I'm, I, I generally think that we have broad agreement around the idea that we don't like 
plastic bags, that they are a problem. And I think that's an important starter for everybody in this conversation. I mean, even the things that Stan was saying is about how to control that, that um, how to control plastic bag use and plastic bag waste. And I think the debate we're having is whether or not, you know, we simply have a, a penalty and a, a, a ban, an outright ban. I, it's not clear to me what Stan, Stan's suggestion of a community goal of zero does, whereas what's written so far in this ordinance is, is actually relatively clear. And in fact, when the questions went to checkers and um, Hy-Vee and um, the Merck, they had very specific recommendations about the, the, the minor changes that might be useful in, in tweaking that. So I guess from my mind, I am definitely against the bags. I want to hear from the public and we have a lot of input as well already. But I want if there's an alternative to get rid of bags, whatever that community goal of zero is, I would need to see what that means to get there. Right now, there's like one tangible thing here. So that's my perspective. Uh, I just want to say that um, the research that was done suggested that the 15 cents amount would reduce um, the use of plastic bags. It would incentivize people to bring their own reusable bags because it has been successful in many other places in this approach. And so, yes, you're probably individual examples where some per person saw this or saw that, but the data in general suggests that if you charge for the plastic bags, people will bring reusable bags. And it's a good way to motivate and incentivize the public. We also discussed the possibility of handing out um, reusable bags to the public when we initiate this. And so we would have the opportunity to give um, some reusable bags to those who cannot afford um, the 15 cent charge. Give them the reusable bags. As I said, reusable bags are available at places like the Just Foods and, and other um, uh, uh, food kitchens. So um, I think that's an approach that we could use is give out reusable bags and then incentivize people with the charge. And I like, I agree. I think we need to move on to some of the public and let them talk. Steve. Thanks for your comments, Nancy. Stephen? Steve Kramer, advisory board. I lived in Seattle when they banned plastic bags there and it occurred overnight. Uh, the difference is that they allowed paper bags and everybody switched to paper. If I read this, correctly, this 15 cents would also apply to paper bags. Is that correct? Paper bags are a single-use bag at the point of sale, so they would also be included. But that's a question, and I'll continue with my statement. The uh, key points that I want to make sure the rest of the board understands, can everybody hear me okay? Okay. Yes. Uh, four mil is not the same as four millimeters. Four mil is four one thousandths of an inch. To put that in real world care terms, the current plastic grocery bags are approximately one half mil thick or one half of one thousandth of an inch thick. A bread bag is closer to one to one and a half mil thick. And a drawstring bag that you would normally get when you buy a pair of shoes that they put the box into is approximately somewhere around the two mil thick. 
So saying a reusable bag is only four mil thick is not a very big stretch, but it is enough that that bag could be reused at least several times before it gets thrown away. Uh, that is what happened in California. It is not what happened in Seattle because Seattle allowed paper bags to continue. Uh, I will say that I never heard anybody blink or bat an eye when they banned the plastic bag, although Seattle is, uh, is a different community. Uh, the point was taken. Even though that bag was filled, that, plastic, that paper bag was filled with disposable packaging. I mean, there's so much cellophane and plastic and cardboard and waxboard and things that cannot be recycled. Still, it made people think a little bit about what they were doing. Personally, I'm in favor of using this to make public aware. I don't think it's going to be nearly as big of a hit or inconvenience, but there are some things that do need to be changed. And I think one of the questions I would have is forcing the vendor to have a number of bags used. It's not very difficult to put an item as a good sold to be a plastic bag. But to report a number of bags used is an additional burden that can't be just programmed into the uh, cash register. And I would like to know if that's simply to showcase what kind of impact we had, that may be more of a burden on the vendor than we really need right now. Speaking as a small business owner who uses uh, packaging. So I'm in favor of it. I'm not a fan of plastic bags. I am more of a fan of paper bags, but this this resolution or this uh, this ordinance does sound like it to put the expense on paper bags as well. Uh, so it needs to be uniform across the board. Uh, there are some editorial changes I think we need to make, and I would like to strike that reporting of the number of bags used. That's this is Stephen. Sorry, we have to be done by seven fifteen. Yeah, this is Kathy Richardson, Interim Sustainability Director. Just a time check. It is 7.07, .07, and the meeting does need to wrap up by 7.15. Um, can, I, can I open it up to um, Margaret Kamar to have her comment real quick? And then I, uh, it, I think maybe we need to move this to next month's agenda as well, because it okay, seems like... It seems like we've got a, a lot, a lot of discussion to do. Margaret, hi, my name is Margaret Kumar, and I'm a citizen who is definitely in favor of incentivizing people to bring reusable bags. I have somewhat of a unique perspective because I was a I have been a volunteer at Just Food, which is for you know people who are food insecure. I volunteered at the front desk waiting on clients for about one year before COVID and about six months after the COVID crisis. The way that Just Food works is people are awarded points on the size of their family. Um, you know, one person gets 10 points, two people 20 points, you know, et cetera, up to 50 points. They also get extra points if they bring in reusable bags or their own containers. You have never seen so many reusable bags in your life. They almost all brought bags. 
They didn't care if it was a box. I mean, if nothing else, give people warning that this is going to take place and they can get their own stash of plastic bags. You know, they can have, I mean, and that that was okay. A plastic bag used until it wore out is a, is a reused bag. But I mean, here are people, you know, poor enough to come to just food, don't have enough to eat. And coming up with reusable bags was not a problem. Not, and they did not complain. They were happy to get more points by bringing in their own bags. Further, we are vendors at the farmer's market. And so we are somewhat qualified, Hidden Hollow Farms, so we're somewhat qualified to speak about that. Um, we've been there, I don't know, 10 or 15 years or so. We have a stash of plastic bags that we keep under our table for people who um, want a bag. We have only had to give one of those out this year because people at the farmer's market are learning to bring their own containers. And we'll say, do you want a plastic bag? And they say, no, we have our own. And they carry it away or they put it in their bags. People can be educated. You know, that plastic is a bad thing, that it chokes marine animals, et cetera. And they can be incentivized, especially if they're given warning. You know, if they don't want to pay the 15 cents, start their own stash of, of reusable of plastic bags of nothing else. But I'm I'm telling you, this is does not, it is not a burden on people, and it can be accompanied by many giveaways of plastic bag of any kind of a bag for people who might want them. So I think that this ordinance does move, does need to move forth and not get tangled up in a bunch of weeds. Thank you. Thanks, Margaret. Um, I hope that you'll start coming to all of the sustainability board's meetings. We could really use your personal perspective and your, uh, your uh, passion. I really appreciate you coming and speaking tonight. Um, Michael, you got to talk real fast, Michael. We're running out of time. Where'd Michael go? Turn on the mic. Um, Michael Allman, I, I just want to say, keep your eyes on the prize, which is no more plastic anywhere. So Kara, you're right, but we got to start somewhere. The other prize, to keep your eye on the prize, reusable bags. That's what this is all about. That, uh, Margaret said it right there. The whole point of this is get people to use reusable bags. And this ordinance is the incentive, or you could call it a disincentive. I mean, it's working on behavior changes and people can adapt readily. And I do not feel honestly that this has any comparison to mask mandates. That's something very personal uh, that's equated with vaccination and something on my body and, and my health. And this is something you carry a product with. It's not that emotionally embedded. I really don't agree with that. Um, if somebody has a four mil bag that they're selling at a store, you know, if the stores are going to get rid of the one mil and only have four mil, fine. Like Margaret said, people will reuse those bags because they're heavy and they'll last. Uh, but eventually people will be carrying their own bags or their own boxes or their own baskets. 
even better baskets people will make the change if they have the incentive if it's only a goal stan asked well who's going to enforce this ordinance who's going to enforce a goal a goal is going to get us nothing so yeah do the ordinance please i mean ben brought up you know the question about um monitoring changes of all the stores if they have a goal are you meeting the goal you know nobody's going to be able to track that so get rid of the reporting thing in this ordinance i agree with steve it's a burden it's not necessary the change will take place we don't need to, to find out how quickly each store is making that change the change will take place thank you Thanks, Michael. Um, I do just want to make it clear to everybody, I hate plastic bags. They're horrible. They're awful. When we brought this up a few years ago, I was absolutely gung-ho for banning them. I am just, the timing is not great. Like the frontline workers, the disenfranchised people are in a bad way. It's bad timing. We do have to think about timing. Um, and framing and incentivizing, but um, we're out of time. We've got to, um, we're going to have to continue this discussion next month. Um, does anybody want to propose that we, how do you say it, that you draw the meeting to a close? Uh, can, can I just make one quick question? This is Ben Sykes. Kathy, it seems like almost every time we've run out of time, we don't have time for the staff report. I don't know if there's a precedent for the staff report being at the end of the meeting. I would like the staff report to be moved to the beginning of the meeting after we approve the minutes because it's some of the most important information we get. So I would make a motion that we move the staff report to the beginning of the meeting directly after the minutes from now on so that we don't run out of time to hear it. Are we okay? Also, with that? move the continuation of this discussion forward in the agenda so that it gets um, a full full time for the discussion rather than at the end. Nancy, okay. you might consider trying to include this in the special meeting agenda that we're setting for the other topic. Great idea. What did he say? Steve, can you uh, Nancy's already Nancy is already uh, working on another topic from the agenda to follow with a special meeting regarding the uh, multimodal transportation. If we do a special meeting, we might also be able to make a, a, a more succinct, very articulate discussion, set it to a point and get to a vote. And we can do that at a special meeting where it can have priority. Okay, can we have somebody put forward a motion for that? And you already have Perfect. a motion on the floor. Say it again. You have a motion on the floor by Ben Sykes on one item. Oh, right. Okay. That up. Okay. So, Stephen, you just seconded that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's seconded. Um, all right. Can we have a, a motion to conclude the meeting? What be, yes. before you close the meeting? Um, can you? Do a vote on that one motion and second, please. Which motion? There was a motion on moving the staff report to the beginning of uh, the agenda after the minutes were approved. Steve oh. seconded that. And okay. then Steve um, also mentioned that uh, this item with the single use bags uh, may be something that gets added to the special meeting agenda uh, later this month. Okay, can somebody put forward that motion, please? 
uh, I believe Steve did. I'll second the motion and I'll also vote in favor of both. Okay. All right. Can we conclude the meeting now or do we have to? We have to have a vote. You have to vote. Yeah. We have to have a vote. Sorry. I'm just trying to get us out of here. Um, all right. Stephen, how do you vote? Yeah. Ben? No. Yes. Maddie? Yes to both. Kay? Yes. Nancy? Yes. And I vote yes too. Wow. Yeah. Is there a motion to adjourn? Okay, motion to adjourn. So moved. This is Kay Johnson. This is Maddie seconded. Okay, we adjourn. Have a good month, everybody. Unbelievable. Uh -huh. Did you